Mike, can you per, uh, what is your perspective of the Revis surgery, and when did you guys know about the injury? Because he wasn't listed at all last year with a wrist injury. Yeah, this is one um, I honestly became probably aware of it about a week or so ago. Um, it's uh, again, he's had a surgery on his wrist. Um, it's nothing. I, again, I'd have to defer to Darrell about how it was affecting him or how, how he felt about it. Um, it really wasn't on our injury report because we never really treated it during the season. I think the most we probably did was just tape his wrist up on for game day, which is what we did as a kind of a regular practice, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but I think from what I understand, as the, as the season ended, um, he was going in to, uh, on the exit, you know, at the exit physical. I don't think he really mentioned the exit physical, but he was seeing a doctor for another thing um, and mentioned his wrist, and they looked into it, and they got a couple opinions on it, and one of the doctors felt it was a potentially torn ligament, which um, didn't show up on an MRI. Um, and they subsequently decided to do surgery on it. And then when they went in to do surgery, they they found, a, I guess, a tear in that ligament, and they fixed it. So uh, from our standpoint, we never really reported it because it was never something that was an injury that we were probably really brought to our attention that we were actually treating or, or aware of at the time. Mike, what's your level of optimism of getting a deal done with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, I don't really want to get into, you know, sort of the, the status or where we are with different negotiations. I think quite simply, you know, Ryan, and we've said this before, um, you know, we feel, you know, Ryan, we, we feel we have a very good situation for, for Ryan here. He's a very good fit for us. Um, you know, our goal eventually is hopefully to get Ryan under contract and go forward that. I, I don't really necessarily, and, and we've kind of, I think this will be the situation with a lot of our, you know, our players and agents we're dealing with. We don't really want to put it, um, you know, in context of, you know, are we close, are we far, are we, you know, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're focused on trying to get the player back, and um, and I, I kind of like to leave it at that. I don't really want to get into how we feel about, you know, where we're at with the whole process. Mike, are, Mike, you, what, surprised, um, what, Mike, Mike, are you surprised by how hard it has been to, to get the, a deal done with Fitzpatrick? No, not necessarily. I, I mean, it's free agency, so I think, you know, you go through this process like with any player, um, you know, and, and again, I think both parties are, you know, basically trying to look at what they probably feel is fair, um, you know, and, and it's a process you have to work through, um, and we'll see how it plays itself out. I mean, I, again, we, you know, we, we, we like Ryan. We're, you know, we'd like to have Ryan back. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's free agency. So it's, it's you go through this, and at some point in time, hopefully we can uh, – find a middle ground we're both happy with. Mike, what is your backup plan if you are not able to re-sign him, and uh, what made you want to bring Robert Griffin in for visit? Well, I would say, you know, in terms of we do have, like every team does, contingency plans for all, you know, that's what you have to be prepared for. Um, I don't necessarily want to get into who we have necessarily lined up as our contingency plan because at the end of the day it's more of a competitive thing. We don't want to necessarily tell other teams what we're going to do. We did obviously um, bring in, you know, Robert Griffin in. Um, you know, it was a situation where he was, you know, he's one of the, you know, he's a quarterback that's, a, you know, in essence a free agent available on the street. And um, it really was more to do our due diligence with him because, you know, I probably haven't really talked to or seen him since his Baylor Pro Day for, you know, whatever years ago. Um, but, uh, but, no, that that was – so from, from one standpoint, I want to sit here and go through all the different contingency plans we may – have and, and and like all teams we do have contingency plans 
Um, but, you know, Robert Griffin was a player that we looked at, and, again, our focus primarily is, is trying to get something, to, you know, worked out with Ryan. Um, but, again, we're just doing our due diligence and seeing what else is out there. And it was a good, you know, it was a good meeting. It was more of a, a meet-and-greet uh, type situation with him where we got a chance to sort of interact with him a little bit, on, you know, sort of face-to-face. And, and if we decided we want to continue to follow that up, we'll pursue it down the road at some point in time. Mike, obviously at some point you're going to have to act on those contingency plans if you can't get something done with Ryan. Do you have a deadline with Fitzpatrick for when you guys need to reach a deal before you guys have to act on those contingency plans? Yeah, I don't. again, I don't really want to you know, put like a time frame on that necessarily. Um, again, I don't really want to comment you know, you know, on those aspects of the negotiations because, like I said, our focus is, is – and we've said this all along – our focus is to ideally get Ryan back. Um, you know, in the organization and, and continue forward with him. Um, so I think at the end of the day, it, you know, I think at some point in time, everybody has, you know, you have to implement things if you feel um, you've exhausted all options of, of trying to get something done. But I think in my mind, that's, um, you know, that's not something we're focused on, quite frankly, right now. I mean, right now, Ryan is a free agent, and we're actively trying to um, you know, facilitate a contract with them, and when it, when, if and when it works out, or if it does or doesn't, you know, we'll go through that process. And if we have to get to the next stage, which is going to other other you know possibilities, we'll we'll approach that then. Everybody still there? Next question. Uh, Mike, Mike, will, Mike, will, will the Frickish Ferguson be on your roster in 2016? Uh, well, right now, obviously, Derek Shaw is under contract, and, you know, I would say, you know, our focus is or our, our thought would be he would be. Um, but like everything else with all players, I mean, you know, this is – and I said this earlier on with free agency this year. It's it's kind of a fluid free agency for us. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to make decisions that are in the best interest of the, uh, you know, the organization both short and long term. Um, so I would say, you know, our, our – you know, right now I'd say he 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 would be on our roster going forward, but we'll see how this thing unfolds. Mike, if things did not work out with Ryan, what's your level of comfort if Geno Smith uh, came into camp? I guess as the as the expected starter. Yeah, I, I would say you know you know the one thing, and, and I, again I wasn't here when Geno was a starter, but you know Geno did have a very good off season for us last year, and at the time of the whole incident was was technically ahead of Ryan um, going into preseason or right about when all the stuff happened with IK. So, you know, in a way, um, that whole, the way that, that, you know, we never had the benefit of Gino working through the preseason with Ryan, competing with Ryan to see how that how that would have unfolded. Um, and, 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 it's, and, again, even when we talked about that incident when it happened, it was very unfortunate because we felt Gino had had a very good off season that year. And I remember you guys had talked to Chan and Todd about that at, at various times. But um, but the the whole incident and you know within the locker room obviously changed everything. Um, but then you know then the only other time Gino had a chance to really play was in Oakland. Um, and you know, I know. Again, I thought there was some. I thought he did some things well in that game. Um, I thought you know he obviously was able to, to move the ball and, and, and be part of some obviously touchdowns we had in the game. Um, at the end of the game, I know there's some plays in there. I'm sure he would like to have back. And, and you know, we're you know in a perfect world, we'd probably rather do it over or you know, have a better outcome. Um, but that all that being said, I thought Gino did some good things in that game, and especially when you're coming off the bench as a second-string quarterback and you don't get all the reps during 
the the week preparation, and on top of that, really that was his first real game experience because he had missed the whole preseason. Um, so that being said, I mean, at, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think what we we would do is like with Gino, we, you know, again, we haven't really had him as a as, as a starter for us, but um, you know, he would definitely be a, a possibility to, to to step in and into that role. I would defer to Todd at the end of the day in terms of who you know who would be the first, second, third quarterback on our roster or depth chart but um, Gino did do some good things and, and again we'll see how it unfolds I you know I think you know a lot of a lot with Gino unfortunately for us is the way the season unfolded last year for him there's a lot of you know we don't really have you know he never really had a chance to go out there and do and compete for the job so he is a bit of an unknown really Mike how close were you guys to uh, the Giants in terms of uh, the offer for snacks <sighs> Um, you know, I think you know the Giants were were, were um, very competitive and very aggressive with that, and we we tried to stay. You know, we were involved. You know, we were. Um, I, you know, I thought we were close when it was all said and done. I think the Giants. Um, you know, the Giants were. You know, they 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 put a very good offer on the table for snacks, and um, when it was all said and done, and, and at the end of the day, we we're you know we we're very. You know, we were disappointed we lost the player, or Damon went to you know to another team. But we're very happy for him too. On the other hand, that here's a guy who came to the league as a, as a college free agent and had the ability to play and produce, and then finally get a chance to go hit the market in free agency and, and then um, be well compensated for that. But um, but I, I think at the end of the day we were you know um, you know the, the Giants at the end of the day we were close, but at the end of the day it was the Giants made a very uh, what we felt was a you know a, a very very aggressive very competitive offer for for Damon and um, so I think at the end of the day you know whether how much a part I don't really want to get into those details but um, but it was it was it was you know they made a very significant significant offer and um, you know was was you know above ours so but we tried to close the gap as best we could. Mike, are you open to trading Muhammad Wilkerson? Well, I don't really want to talk about like hypotheticals for any players on our roster right now, like what we may or may not want to do with with anybody or be open or not to. Um, but I do I do realize that um, with all players on our roster, I mean, you know, there's always you know you have to look at every player individually, and if you have an opportunity, um, you know, to better the team, then you have to, to visit that. But I don't think it's not something we're actively pursuing. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he is he is you know under you know under the franchise tag, so. Um, you know, I would say we'll see how this thing plays out. I, I personally, like I said, it's it's not. Um, you know, I think you have to look at this with every player because you always try to make decisions that have a uh, benefit to the team, both short and long term. Have you received any interest from other teams on Mo? Yeah. I, again, I don't really want to, you know, comment or speculate any of that stuff. Um, you know, I will say this. And this is not just with Muhammad. This is, you know, this is, you know, teams are constantly talking to each other. Um, either shopping their own players, um, it seems like, or even inquiring about others. But again, it, 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 I wouldn't, you know, it's it's more um, it's more of a uh, it's just kind of the nature of our business a little bit. But again, in regards to that, you know, any individual player on our, our team, I don't really want to comment on any of that stuff. Like, are you working on things without being specific? Are you working on things to create more cap space right now? Well, I think what you do is you have a lot of. Um, it's a bit of a puzzle trying to put the team together in terms of you know the, you know our free agency situation this year, and I, I mentioned this earlier. It's going to be very fluid. 
Um, but no, we do like a lot of things. You go through different uh, contingency plans on what you can do, um, you know, whether to create room if you need it or – and the other, th- other side of it, too, if, if, you know, what you create it for in terms of, um, you know, making, uh, you know, decisions that will help the team going forward. So I think like with every – I think every team does this, quite frankly, is you have a lot of places where if you, um, you know, decide you want to create money or, or room, you, can, you have the ability to do that, and then you just sort of weigh it on a case-by-case basis if it's, um, if it's in the best interest of what your short- and long-term goals are. Mike, how, how would you characterize the decision-making uh, in, in signing Jarvis Jenkins and Steve McClendon? Were they, were, do you view that? Are they viewed as, as depth signings, or is the possibility, you know, one or both of them may get a chance to start? Well, I think um, again, uh, who will you know eventually start or not start? Um, all that stuff will play itself out over time, and, and quite frankly, at the end of the day, Todd will make the determination on, you know, on that. Um, I, I think both the signings, I, I would probably. Put, put them in some kind. Of, well, let me first say that they've agreed to terms with us. Um, but um, but both of them, I would say, um, yeah, we're, we're, in our minds at least, good value type guys in in the marketplace, and that's kind of what we sort of went into looking for. I mean, we we didn't have quite the funds we had last year, so this was sort of a different approach to free agency. And as I mentioned before, at the end of the day, we're trying to make sure we make smart investments overall, but. What they do give us the ability to do is, is you know, obviously McClendon has had, you know, history at, at the nose tackle position, which gives us the ability to line him up there, whether it's in, you know, as a starter or as a sub player. And Jenkins obviously has played, you know, more or less all the positions on the defensive line. So, again, he gives us some flexibility there in terms of line things up. But um, I think there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of offseason. There's a lot of training camp ahead of us to figure out who's going to be a starter or a backup. And I wouldn't probably focus too much on, um, you know, where how to, how to – just to make those determinations now, and eventually Todd and his coaching staff will, you know, after they spend time with these guys, will, will make that determination. I'm sure we, I'm sure Todd, like, will ideally want to put his best players on the field, and then whatever those guys, whatever combination of guys that is, that that will work itself out in time. Mike, regarding your backfield, could you, Mike, regarding your backfield, could you kind of assess where you're at right now in terms of losing the losing what Chris Ivory gave you, but also, I guess bringing back and bringing in what Forte, Powell, and, and Robinson offer? Yeah, I think and, and going into free agency, and, and I mentioned this before, you know, you prepare for you know, you do market analysis. You try to figure out what you think your own guys are going to, you know, first off you grade everybody in free agency, then you go through and you sort of grade your own players and then try to figure out what you think you know, fair market value worth is for them and you have a range of, you know, where you, you know, where you would start, where you'd be, feel comfortable at, and then at a certain point in time where you feel they may go beyond that, and we always felt Chris was going to be a, um, it would be a, you know, he was going to have a competitive marketplace, and, um, and and we obviously wanted Chris back, but at the end of the day, we just you know we knew that um, you know based on our situation from a cap standpoint that it would be, um, you know, for, at the end of the day with all with every player at any position you have to you know you, you weigh up who you who you keep will eventually cost you maybe a player or two or whatever the case may be somewhere else and. Um, you know, when we looked at the free agency market, we, we you know, you know, we knew Forte was out there, and um, you know, we liked him quite a bit. Uh, we know he's a little bit older than some of the other backs, but um, he's still a very good back. And at the end of the day, we felt as the market kind of worked itself out, um, you're trying to make decisions that will help you not only short term but potentially long term. And we felt the ability, the chance to get a, a player of Forte's quality at the price range we got him for was, um, you know, would really would help us. And then. 
unfortunately with Chris, um, losing Chris, we were disappointed in him, but we're happy for him that he got, you know, a good offer, a good deal down there, you know, from another team. Um, and then we, you know, gave us the ability to sort of, again, redirect some of our funds to other positions, other places to try to sort of, you know, to make the impact of, you know, our cap situation a little more, um, you know, a little better for us and, and trying to, again, always sort of, t- I think this year, if anything, we've tried to target players we liked that we thought were, you know, good value in terms of the investment we made in them. And, and Forte obviously felt very strong about that one. Mike, with regard to uh, Fitzpatrick, why do you think there's such a large gap between where you guys value him in the marketplace and where his camp thinks he should be valued? Yeah, I think that that kind of falls in that same category. Like, I don't, I don't really want to weigh in from that and those those type of questions because, you know, we're our focus again. We like Ryan. Um, you know, we like very much to get Ryan back in the fold. And um, like every free agency, there's you know there's two camps, and you have to work through this. And um, eventually, hopefully, we can find a middle ground at some point in time. We'll see. Um, but I, yeah, I don't necessarily want to weigh in why the you know the market or the perception from the outside may be a certain way. So, Mike, when you were doing your valuations of free agency, did you foresee what happened with the quarterback market this year in terms of you know what the Eagles gave Bradford, your former club gave Osweiler, and even what the Eagles gave Chase Daniel? Well, I think the the one thing with free agency this year a little bit, um, and and it wouldn't necessarily. I mean. Uh, the, the quarterback markets are always kind of interesting. I mean, that's, all the markets, quite frankly, for all the positions are interesting. The quarterback market is, um, you know, a bit of, you know, it was an interesting one this year in the sense that of, you know, how much, uh, you know, certain players may have gotten and not gotten and stuff like that. Um, but I would say as a whole, what we felt a little bit going into this market was um, it was a, a market probably flush with cash. There was a lot of teams had a lot of cap space. Um, I think like every year in free agency, it's, it's you know maybe the talent is a little better here or there at different positions, and you know some people may have different opinions of how much talent there is in the, in the overall market. But um, what we found was a lot of you know there's a, and again when you look at some of the deals that were done, um, there was you know there was a lot of there was a lot of benchmark deals, not just for um, you know obviously at the quarterback position where there's some good deals that were done, but but more so with offensive line and other places. Um, and we felt at the end of the day that it was just the, the general nature of the market um, that it was a very competitive marketplace. And there were a lot of people who were um, getting deals that were a little bit above, you know, maybe what, what some teams maybe would have anticipated, especially when comparing to them a year ago. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, everybody seems to speculate that the capital is going to take another significant jump next year. So maybe this is um, as people start ramping up towards that end that the, you know, the, the price for some of these players. In a competitive marketplace, goes higher than you thought. I know um, there were some definitely some deals done for players, not just quarterback, but very competitive. Um, but that's just the, that's the nature of the market, and I think that's where you have to, when you go into the market, you have to realize what, you know, to a degree, what you feel the value is, um, and then make the decision how you want to allocate your own resources. And there was a lot of teams with a lot of cap space and a lot of money, and they were very aggressive out there. Hey, we'll take a couple more. Mike, how did the visits with Courtney Upshaw and Josh Hill go? Have they wrapped up and left, or are they still in the building? Uh, no, they, they both have left. Um, they came in uh, the other day, and both of them have moved, uh, you know, either gone back home or maybe taken other visits. Um, but both of them went well. And I think it, you know, it's funny, when you go through the market, the, the first part of the market ends up being very 
Um, that's that's probably the more exciting part where all the big dollar contracts are flying around and stuff like that. But um, there are still some good players out there, and, and you know, maybe they're in a, a slightly lower price point. Um, but there's still, you know, I think some teams who do their due diligence can find some guys that um, maybe for, you know, maybe not the high-dollar type contract as some of the big flashy contracts get done early in free agency happen. These are where I think sometimes you can really help your team and probably don't, you know, it doesn't get as much – doesn't get as much credit or weight as it as other signings do, but there are some still some good players out there, and then there's some, potentially some players that can help us. So, uh, but both those visits went very well, and um, you know we'll see what happens as, as they go forward. I'm sure that I think both those players do have other visits scheduled with other teams, so we'll see how that unfolds over time here. Mike, in your mind, is it too soon to begin evaluating what kind of off season you're you're having to begin sort of grading your moves or, or lack of moves? Well, I, I I would say you know it's interesting. I, I don't really we don't really sit there and sort of grade ourselves. Um, we, uh, you know, we kind of leave that up for you know you guys and everybody else. Um, but I think our, what we focus more on, quite frankly, is trying to make sure we're making decisions um, that that help the team. Again, not just you know because it's, it's 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 a balance. You're trying to you're trying to help yourself short term, but you're also trying to have a, a bigger or longer term view that you don't. Um, you know, jeopardize something down the road, and I think the one thing we we go in, when we go into this process, um, you know, we're trying to. You know, I think everybody does the same thing. It's not unique to us, but we're all trying to make decisions. Anybody in the NFL that um, that you, you're ideally trying to be right, but again, if you're wrong, you know, whether you overpay a player or whether you have to cut a player in a year or two, and you take dead money or a cap hit, um, you know, it costs you another player, and that other player, whoever that. That that missed opportunity can you know that's what we're trying to make sure we we do the best of or to do the best in terms of our decisions. Um, so I, we don't really necessarily sit there and kind of grade ourselves. Um, yeah, we're trying to make sure what we do is in the best interest of you know what our organizations and it's like everybody else in the NFL the same way, like short term and long term. Uh, 